You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Thank you, Martin, and welcome to all of you online and those of you in the room. It's great to be with you. I didn't know that was going to happen. And it has taken me by surprise, but thank you so much for all of your efforts. And uh, thank you for all the birthday love I've been receiving from everyone so far. Um, I won't give away my age. All I'm going to say is that I'm still young enough to be the young adult's pastor. So I'll let you decide what age bracket I'm going to be in. But it is my pleasure to, get, to still bring the word of God today and to continue with our series called This Jesus. And uh, with continuing with it, my title of my message today is called This Jesus Going beyond borders. Going beyond borders. You know, when I think of borders, I think of a map. I think of a map where I can see the different countries in the world. And a lot of the time, when I look at the borders of the world and I see all these different places and the different continents, I realize where I am and how big the world is. How big it is, how vast it is, how wide it is. You know, it gives me a bigger perspective because so often I can be so, so just consumed with where I am it just widens my perspective that there is a big, wide world out there. And at the moment, I'm dreaming of going across borders, but at the moment, I can't go anywhere. But is there anyone in the room like me that can't wait to go to a beach? Can't wait to feel the sand in your feet, to get a nice drink on a deck chair? I'm just dreaming about it, but my mind is already there, if you get what I'm saying. And whilst borders are something that we have to accept in life, they can separate us, they can restrict us, uh, they are sometimes really necessary and justifiably so. Now, I remember once as a student when I was about 16 years old, I was with some friends and we then decided to go to Coventry City Centre. And it was a little bit later than usual. And we went there and we saw this bar and we said, let's try and get in. Let's see if we can go into this bar. So we went into the, the queue, we joined it. And amazingly, the bouncer that was there was letting us walk in. So we were all going in one by one. I'm at the back of the queue, so you can already work out what happens here. And we're walking in slowly, and we all go in. I'm like, yes, we're getting in. And I'm about to step over the threshold, and this hand comes in front of me. And the bouncer says those words that every young person dreads to hear. He says, do you have any ID? And to which I said, no, let's be honest. To which I said, no. And he said, I'm sorry, son. You're not allowed in. Please, can you make your way? And I'll never forget it. He, like, he lifted up this barrier, and it was like the walk of shame. I was like walking here, going to my place, so embarrassed, so frustrated. And to top it all off, I thought my friends would go, oh, John hasn't got in, let's go see him. I was so wrong. They just stayed in the pub and waved at me. And then I went home, and it was like a double rejection at the time. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that was so embarrassing. I probably might need some therapy on this, even to today, because of how embarrassing it was. And, you know, when we look at Jesus, I think we see someone here, Jesus, who he was. He understood the boundaries and the restrictions that existed in the world that he came into when he came to earth. Geographically, he understood them. Politically, he understood them. And spiritually. You know, and when Jesus came to earth, he came with a specific mission, which was to bring salvation, to bring salvation to all people, to give people access to God. And this week, someone even reminded me, and I want to remind us as well, church, I know we're in a really tough time in the world. But can I just say that Jesus' assignment to reach all people is still alive today. He still wants to reach the nations. He still wants to go there. His assignment is not on pause. It is still there. I know the world is changing, but his mission has not changed. Amen? 
He still wants to reach out to people far and wide. And even if we can see things are happening around us, he's still on the throne. And through the act of Jesus dying on the cross, salvation is available for all of us, not just for a few, but his intention was that he would extend God's grace to all people. And so the question that I have today is, is if that's what Jesus has done, what should be our response today? Us, whether we follow Jesus or us, whether we don't follow Jesus, what should be our response? And so the scripture we're gonna look at today is found in Luke 17. So if you have a Bible, why not turn with me to Luke 17 or a device? And I'm gonna read these verses for us, verses 11 to 19. And it will come up on the screen as well. And it says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. And this is the word of the Lord. And I just have three points that I wanna share with you today, which I believe can help us in understanding who this Jesus is when he goes beyond borders. And the first thing I wanna say is this, Jesus comes close even if we feel distant. You know, in this passage, what is amazing is that Jesus went into a territory that would have been considered out of bounds. It would have been considered out of bounds. We're told that he went into a village, but this wasn't just any village. The text doesn't really give us the detail, really. But this was a village, most probably, for people who were specifically sick with leprosy. This would have been for them to be staying in who had this disease. And Jesus came to them because they would not have been able to come to him. He went to them where they were. And the reason being is that they have a condition which would have been recognized in the Old Testament Levitical law as a defiling skin disease, which meant that they were considered physically unclean and outcasts in society. You see, leprosy was a contagious disease, and therefore the best way to deal with it back then would be to just isolate them and put them in a community of their own so they wouldn't spread it among other people. And this is why we're told that they stood at a distance from Jesus. Now, normally, if we weren't in a pandemic, I'd explain to you about the importance of social distancing in the Old Testament, but I think you fully understand what I'm talking about today. I think you fully get what's going on. It probably brings the point home even more for us in what we're in. But just to try and give you an idea of the life that these lepers would have had, they had this disease called leprosy, and this would have meant that they would have had to isolate. Now, with the current pandemic we're, we're currently going through, if you have contact with someone who has COVID or you have COVID, you're meant to isolate for 10 days. That's what it generally says. Now, I spoke to some people who after two days are going out of their mind. They're like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't get through to the rest of the 10. I can't believe I've got eight more days left. You know, I don't know how I'm gonna do it. But you know, for these lepers, leprosy was incurable. So that meant that where they were is where they were gonna die. They were told that they had to be away from society and that was where they were gonna be and that was where they would die. And basically society had outcast them to that. Everyone knew that that was the case. And even though they were restricted, even though they had restrictions, what I love about Jesus is that it shows us here that he comes and meets us at our world. He comes and meets us where we are. No matter how bleak, no matter how messy it is, he 
comes to us. He's not put off by our boundaries. He's not put off by our, by our borders, but he comes and meets us where we are. He comes right there. He wants to be near us. He desires to be near us. You know, it's so easy, isn't it, church, to disqualify ourselves because we feel the need to clean ourselves up or to get right before we meet God. We can be so aware of our weaknesses and our shortcomings. As Darius said earlier, we can be so aware that we just shouldn't, how can we approach a holy God? But Jesus shows us that God wants to come near to us. No matter what situation we're in, he wants to come near to us. I love what it says in Mark 2, verse 17. This is what Jesus said. He said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And in Luke 19, verse 10, Jesus said that the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. And so for those who are marginalized, for those of us who feel on the edge or away from Jesus or feel we're not worthy enough to come to him, what I love about Jesus, our Lord, is that he says, I have come for people like you. You are on the edge. I want to bring you into the center of God's purpose. I have a place and a plan for you. You may be written off, but I don't write you off. I'm coming for you, and I bring you to where God wants you to be. Isn't that an amazing thing, church, to know that that's who Jesus is? He's not put off by our barriers or our borders, but he reaches over them. And to take this a step further, the second thing I want to share with you is this, is that Jesus desires to heal our need and beyond. Let me ask you the question here. How many of the 10 lepers, you can answer it in the chat if you want, you can type it in. How many of the 10 lepers had faith to be healed? You can shout it out if you want, if you know. 10, someone say 10 over there, yeah? 10, that's right, that's the right answer. 10 of them believed that they could be healed because it says this, as they went, they were cleansed. And I just wanna say, I don't want us to underestimate the faith that they had shown in that moment. The faith they showed at that moment to actually be healed. You know, this must have been an audacious act they, they, were, they were told that they had to be boarded off. They, they weren't allowed in normal society. But to take the words of Jesus and to say, okay, we'll listen to what he says. We'll do what he says. And when they did, they were cleansed. Imagine the looks they got on the way when they were walking to the priest. Imagine how people would have looked at them. Imagine how they could have been shunned by society as they were walking. But what I love is that they went anyway. They went over those borders. And then amazingly, can you imagine the joy when they realized that they were cleansed? that they were healed, that God had actually touched them, that their healing had actually happened. I thought that was amazing. You see, this was both a physical and a social healing. They were physically made well, but now they were told, you no longer have to stay where you are. You are back into the normal world. You can go back into society. And I love the fact that that's what happened. Now, it would be so easy for us to just leave things there, wouldn't it, and go, well, that's a good miracle in itself. Maybe we should just leave it there. Jesus, you are a miracle worker. These lepers had great obedience and faith, but the story doesn't end there. The story goes a little bit further. It's like the Bible wants us to know a little something else, and it tells us that only one, only one, and he was a Samaritan, came back to praise God, came back to Jesus and thanked him. And this is what Jesus says to him. We'll have this on the screen as well. This is his response. He says, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. And I find it interesting that Jesus would use those words, your faith has made you well. Because as we all know, all 10 of them had faith to be healed, right? All 10 of them had faith to be healed. But interestingly, the wording here used in the Greek for cleansed and made well in the original language is different. 
See, the word cleanse in the original language, it literally means to be physically clean, to be physically made well, to be physically cleansed. And also, when the Samaritan, it says that when he saw that he was healed, when he realized he was healed, the word used for healed there is the same word. It means cleansed. It means physically well. But the words for the phrase that Jesus uses for the Samaritan, your faith has made you well, your faith has made you well, is a different word. It's another word in the Greek which means to save. Or it could be translated, as I said, sozo, sozo, which means to save. And it's the same word that Jesus uses when he says, the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. It's the same word. And it gives this idea that when the Samaritan returned back to Jesus, not only did he receive physical healing, but actually he received a holistic healing. When he came to Jesus, when he came back, he received something well, a double portion, should I, say, should I say. He received something else as well as his physical healing. He was spiritually healed as well. You see, probably a better translation would be, this Samaritan's faith has saved him. That the Samaritan's faith has saved him. And church, this is the idea that I want us to put to us today, that there can be a faith that we can exercise generally. We can have a belief in a moment that can heal us, but it's only a faith in Jesus that will set us apart. It's only when we come to him, come back to him. See, this Samaritan, he came back to him. There's another faith which sets us apart, and it's a continual faith. It's a faith which keeps coming to Jesus. It's a faith which keeps coming before him. It's a faith that knows that actually I may have received a miracle, but actually I need the person. The miracle is great, but the person is greater. And what he gives me is greater, amen? That he comes and he gives us so much when we come to him. You see, the first healing was external but the second one that the Samaritan uh, received was internal. It was both, an, it was both a, an internal and an external healing for this one person. And the Samaritan, he didn't just receive a miracle by faith. But what it did is that it stirred him, when you look at the text, it stirred him to move closer. He moved closer to Jesus. You see, when he initially encountered Jesus, he realized, I need to get closer to this person. I need to give him thanks and praise, but his posture towards him, I believe, changed as well. You see, all 10 wanted something from Jesus at the beginning, but in the end, only one wanted Jesus. He went back, and not only this, I just want to say how amazing it is that this Samaritan did this. Not only did he do this, but he's a Samaritan, and that detail in the text is there for a reason, because we're meant to take note that he's a Samaritan. Beforehand, he was a leper, and then he was healed, but he's also a Samaritan. And just so you know, if a leper was ostracized from society, a Samaritan was also ostracized from society. Samaritans were hated by Jews, and Samaritans didn't like Jews either. They considered Samaritans to be kind of like um, not pure-blood Jewish, so they were kind of seen as a mix of nationalities, and they were ostracized as well. So if anything, you could say, this person is like a double reject. He's like a double outcast, but amazingly, he receives double from Jesus. He receives double in that he was healed and then he's restored, but then he also comes to Jesus and he is saved and he's included in Jesus, which I think is an absolute amazing thing. What a great person this Samaritan is. You know, I, I, I have come to have a newfound respect for this Samaritan. He is like a new hero to me. because The reason is, is because of this, because he went beyond the borders. He went beyond. He went beyond his physical borders and was healed, but then that wasn't enough. He went back, even though he probably could have felt, well, I might not be included by Jesus. He might not like me. He went back, and then Jesus said, your faith has saved you, or your faith has made you well. And it's just an inspirational person to me in this word today. And what we see as well is that Jesus, as I said earlier, extends salvation to a Samaritan, which again shows that he wants to reach over borders. 
He wants to reach over to other people with salvation. He wants, to, he wants nations to come to him. He wants nations to know him. And he shows this. He, he demonstrates that he is inclusive. You know, these two responses ask a question, I believe, again, as I said earlier, is how will we respond to Jesus? How will we respond? You know, sometimes I believe, even as Christians sometimes, we can get used to experiencing Jesus from a distance. We can receive some great things, but we never really get close enough. We never really get close to him to, res- to actually receive that closeness that he wants. Let me just say this. Nine of them, it says, didn't return. So before the miracle, nine of them, it says, we were, were distant from Jesus. And after the miracle, nine of them stayed distant. But then one of them shows us that actually when we pursue the person of Christ, we can receive so much more. He wants to give us so much more. He wants to go beyond, not just our external, not to deal with the external, but he wants to go into our internal borders as well and heal every single part of us. And I've come to know that in order for me to be healed internally, I have to be close to Jesus. I have to have relationship. You see, discipleship is relationship to Jesus. To be saved is to be in Christ. Or as Jesus says as well in John 15 verse four, he says, remain in me as I also remain in you. It's a faith that remains and abides. It's a faith that wants to be connected to Jesus. It's a faith that says, I'm gonna keep coming back. I'm gonna return to you, Lord. I might have a bad day today, but I'm gonna keep coming to you. I'm gonna return to you because that is what faithfulness looks like. That's what a relationship with Jesus is like. It's coming back to him, staying connected to him. And Jesus may be asking us today, will you, be, will you go beyond just receiving from the outside, but will you come closer to him? Will you come close and receive so much more? Will you come close and receive salvation? Will you come close and no longer just enjoy him on the edge, but come right into him, come straight to him? I can invite the band up now to join me, thank you. As I move to my third point. Third point is Jesus reminds us to have a heart of gratitude. You know, I find it really significant that Jesus draws our attention to the Samaritan's response here to give praise. And praise is what he gives. He gives praise to God. He comes back and he's praising God and he thanks God. He thanks Jesus and he comes to him with a thankful heart. And I believe there's a reason why this is being highlighted for us today. Because a thankful heart, I believe, and and a heart of gratitude is really powerful, church. You know, the psalmist says this. He says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. What's great about this Samaritan is that he probably didn't even know what that psalm said, but that's how he entered Jesus' presence. He came, he entered his presence with thanks and he came with praise. He did it, he demonstrated because he was so thankful for what God had done. He was so thankful for what Jesus had done. And it's so easy for us to just bring the issue first, which isn't wrong. It isn't wrong to want healing. It isn't wrong to want these great miracles from God. These things are amazing and they do require faith. But can I just say, gratitude, I believe, can take us beyond our borders. When we come and give thanks to God, it takes us beyond where we are. It doesn't focus on me and everything I'm going through, but rather it focuses on who God is. And it has a thankful posture towards him. I love this quote from A.W. Tozer. He said, gratitude is an offering precious in the sight of God. And it is one that the poorest of us can make and be not poorer, but richer for having made it. Gratitude helps us remember that God has done so much in our lives. And I believe that when I have gratitude in my heart, it takes me beyond. 
It takes me beyond. It doesn't limit me. It doesn't, it doesn't hem me in with my situation or my circumstance, but it takes me beyond. And it makes me remember that I have a God who's done so much and he has blessed me. And as I said earlier, when I said, look at the map, it gives me a better perspective on life. It makes me realize that I am so blessed. Even in the worst of circumstances, I am blessed. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18, he says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, when we are in Christ, God's will for us is that we'll be thankful, that we'll be thankful beings in Christ at all times, that we would demonstrate it in all circumstances. I remember a couple of years ago, church, when I went through a really tough time with my health and um, it was really tough. It was, I was, wasn't expecting it. It came out of nowhere. And there were times when I just didn't even want to get through the day. I didn't even know how I was going to get through it. I, honestly, the borders came in. The walls were all around me. But there was one thing that I kept doing, which I kept being encouraged to do as well by other people, and that is keep thanking God. Keep giving Him praise. Even when I felt like I didn't want to, I was here at the front. I would respond, and I was worshiping, and I was saying, God, I know this situation is tough, but thank you for salvation. Thank you that that can never be taken away. Thank you for the blessings that I have in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you have saved me. Thank you, God, that you are mindful of me. Thank you, Lord, that you have chosen me. And there's more even to this life, but there's another life ahead of me in you, God. Thank you, God, for all that you've given me. And it lifted me, church. It lifted my spirit. It took me beyond my borders. It took me beyond my limitations. And can I encourage us today? Maybe there are some of us even here in the room or tuning in online. You know that actually you feel boarded in or you feel there's boundaries around you. But God wants you to know today that gratitude first. Come first with praise. Come first with thanksgiving. That will be your weapon to get you out of it. Not to, not to think that it's not a reality, not to put it away, but to actually make you see it from a different point of view, that you are still so blessed, that you are still so loved, that God is with you in all of it. And as we respond today, I wonder if we could maybe just come today to Jesus with a thankful heart. Now, where you are, if, whether you're in the room, could you all stand with me? Or if you're at home, why not stand as well? And maybe you need to respond to this word today. For those of you who don't know Jesus, can I encourage you to, after the service, to go to the Connect Point, and there'll be a prayer ministry team in there who would love to help you come to know Jesus if that's what you'd like to do. They will lead you in a prayer of salvation. So please feel free to do that if you would like to. But for the rest of us, what I'd like us to do is even now, just speak out thanks to God. I know we can't sing, but where you are, why not just start speaking out thanks, giving praise to him, thanking him for who he is. If you're in a situation right now and you know the borders or the circumstances of life are coming around you, then, then allow God to, to remind you of who you are in him and let, allow it to give you a different perspective, to move you beyond those borders. So Lord God, we come to you today. We thank you, God, that you are such an amazing Lord. Thank you for salvation in your name. Thank you, Lord, that you come near to us. And when you come near to us, Lord, we can expect more than just physical healing, but we have holistic healing, salvation in your name. And I pray today, Lord, for your church, whether ones of us, Lord, or many of us, God, who are here, who have situations where they feel hemmed in, Lord, we pray, Lord, would a spirit of praise come upon us? Would a spirit of thankfulness and gratitude come upon us, Lord? And would it lift us beyond, God, beyond the borders that are trying to keep us in and give us a new perspective? Lord, I pray. Pray. Give us gratitude as our weapon today. Let it be our song in the storm, Lord. Let it be what we use today, Lord, to unlock, Lord, where you want us to go, God, to keep going beyond, Lord, and to keep believing, Lord. You will use us for your will and your purpose. And we say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.